Happy Friday, beautiful people. And hello to you all out there tuning in for your first sip of the weekend. Welcome to Friday Feels, where we are a community where working professionals can come to be their authentic self. We're your hosts, Saj and Nicole, and we are so excited to join your party today. Hi, my name is Saj Salakram. Just a little bit about me. I'm really excited to be here on Friday Feels. This has been a long time coming. Nicole and I have been working on it for quite a few months now, and we really, really hope you like it. I'm based in New York. I've been working in the New York tech scene for over 13 years. Currently, I am working on different real estate endeavors, a partnership consulting company, obviously co-founding Friday Fields, and I also help advise global women-led startups. So really, really excited to talk about all the aspects of being a professional while balancing all these different companies and having fun while doing it with Nicole. Oh, thanks, Saj. And I'm Nicole Carmine. I am a creative, a creator, and I would say a multi-venturer, which includes a co-adventuring journey with my traveling duo buddy, my dog, Gracie. I am South African, but I am kind of adventuring through the world. I'm living in different places. I'm currently living in France for the next year, I would say. And I've got a few different businesses launching, so watch this space for Swatcut Studios and the Chemistry Connection. And what I do through that is helping creatives authentically create and just be themselves in the world. And um, I'm also a life coach, so I do interpersonal intelligence work and executive coaching um, with people. And I have a a history of confidentiality uh, in financial crime investigation for about 10 years where I worked in corporate and cryptocurrency exchange um, in fraud, which is where I met Saj and our journey started. So very excited to share with you guys, walk this interesting journey of being, like Saj said, you know, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, working professional, understanding how corporate and co-working and People are doing things out there as the landscape is changing and we have to change with it. So thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, And so just to give you a little background on Friday Feels, if you're wondering, you know, what is it we're going to be talking about? Each month we'll be exploring topics around the dynamic of being human in the workplace. Some of these topics include holding boundaries, following your joy, both inside and outside of the workplace, enduring through exhaustion, uh, keeping your cup full, and so much more. You know, we've been holding space for each other to do so, and now we want to share this with you. So as you kickstart your happy hour and get ready for yet an amazing couple of days before the new week dawns upon us, go put on your dancing boots and get ready to get into the groove. Yeah, because we're going to break it down and we're going to take a deep on the theme of this month, which is feels over fears. (laughs) And each month we're going to be exploring a theme like Sash said, and each week of that month, we're going to be breaking it down into cool topics that help us delve deeper into that theme. But of course, today for our very first episode of this podcast, we are also going to mix and mingle it up with a little peek into how we got here to talking to you today. So without further ado, welcome to your happy hour at Friday Feels. We're really excited again to get to know all of you and we're going to be here every Friday ready to have small talk and kind of release those week's feelings and get ready for an awesome weekend. First up, the mix what is on the drinks menu tonight, Nicole? Well, I'm actually keeping it very calm. And I've got a, my, it's me and my tea. Maybe a tea with a little bit of a twist, but that will be my secret. <laughs> what have you got there? I have got my mushroom coffee <laughs> that I've been taking daily for a few weeks now. But it's, it's really good. It's almost done. <laughs> 
Oh, nice, nice. And and so no bubble tea today? No bubble tea today. That would have been a good idea, though. Today feels like a bubble tea day. Bubble tea, what's your mix? So now that we've kind of established a bit of our mix, what's on our mingle agenda today, Saj? So in the concept of speed dating, we're going to ask each other four questions, about 30 seconds to a minute each. Quick disclaimer, you know, this is live radio people, so we haven't, we haven't seen them. <laughs> we both prepared them in advance. We're just kind of chatting about, you know, how we got into it. And I don't know if you want to start, Nicole. You breathe through books, Saj. I know you you love them. And so I'm really keen to hear what is your like utmost favorite book that you've ever read and why? Oh, okay. My utmost favorite. I don't know if I have an utmost favorite, but one that I always, I recommend to a lot of people and that I really enjoyed was... Jhumpa Lahiri's Unaccustomed Earth. I'm a big fan of specific authors. If I, I notice if I like the way that you write, I will kind of read anything that you write. And so I read anything that Jhumpa Lahiri writes. I really just love her writing style. I really connected with it. I think, I mean, I haven't read it in a long time, but she has a few other books and a lot of them just touch on uh, sometimes like the Indian American experience because that's kind of what her background was. And it resonates. A lot of it resonates with me, even though I'm from the Caribbean, but mostly because I just, I really like her writing style and I highly, highly recommend it. She also does this thing where sometimes I think in Unaccustomed Earth, it's a series of short stories that actually may or may not be intertwined. And I really like that, uh, that kind of structure. I think we're going to have to start a bit of a reading list. Yes, I do. Because, yeah, because you recommended two books to me, side note, and I really liked the style of the books. Like it was easy to read and I didn't um, get bored and the content was pretty interesting. So maybe we have similar reading styles. Awesome. Okay, so mine, mine are pretty easy. Um <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, what? Actually, it's a lie. Two of them are not that easy. Um, what is the one thing that brings you back to you when you're feeling off? Mm, that's a good question. I would say what first comes to mind is when I'm walking in nature. You know, if I'm really feeling kind of like scatterbrained all, all over the show, maybe a little bit like creatively drained walking in nature is like meditation to me I can't I really struggle to do the like go sit down and you know yoga pose whatever so walking is amazing and then obviously having Gracie my dog with me is is a delight and so just watching her and I think that kind of really just brings me back to self in, in the best way yeah walking I know you are very big into real estate and I'm so fascinated as I watch from the side and you guys kind of go in and make these amazing homes amazing and flip them so I'm curious like what drew you to real estate? My dad is actually he's a contractor for many many years and he brought me in uh, he was flipping houses where we lived in New York and I just I thought it was interesting. I was studying finance um, at NYU. And I mean, I'd been around it my whole life, you know, going into houses, being on the job site, going to Home Depot. Side note, I used to get bribed by candy all the time. So actually, I would like to blame my sweet tooth on my parents because of all the bribery that they did in order to get me places mostly Home Depot they had like a truck right outside that we used to call a chewy truck and they had because they had like now and laters so those like chewy candies and every time we go to Home Depot I would get I would get to get something and I guess that's how they they kind of kept me engaged sugared up um, and maybe I have some positive affiliations now, but yeah, that that's how I got into into real estate is constantly being around it, being in and out of houses, seeing the transformations, 
definitely not something I thought I would be doing. But I do kind of like using my background in finance for something tangible Mm -hmm. that I can see. And I feel like real estate is a good way to do that. I saw the house you guys did in Miami and that's looking amazing. So whoever gets to buy it, I think is pretty lucky. (laughs) Thanks. We hope so too. (laughs) Okay. So this one is an easy one. How happy are you today on a scale of one to 10? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm actually really happy. The internet was off for most of the morning. So maybe that was like one little downside, but you know, life happens for a reason. So I'm generally a pretty positive person. Extremely happy this week, though, because I have my dad visiting me, and that's really been a wonderful blessing. So, um, very happy. Uh, let's give it a nine point eight. Oh, wow, that, yeah. that's pretty high. Um, yeah, that's a good answer. I like that answer. Yeah. I noticed when I was living in America that it's really like the whole country is really big on holidays. I know Halloween just passed. What did you dress up as this year for Halloween? (laughs) I almost spit out my coffee. Well, this year for Halloween, I was was a piece of toast. Um, (laughs) And my boyfriend was an avocado. So together we were avocado toast. And our other friend, Raphael, in Miami also joined in on our costume and he was rum. So together, the three of us were Miami brunch. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, man. (laughs) I I could have a Miami brunch every day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking that question. I didn't realize we were that big on holidays, but that's true. That's true. We are. I don't know if it's just my family, but I know Americans in general are, we're pretty big on like every holiday. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so festive. And I mean, in South Africa, we are too, but it kind of just, you know, everything is bigger in America, but it's like plus size in terms of holiday and festivity as well, which is wonderful. The next one that I want to ask is, Obviously, I mean, we're going to get into our backstory in a little bit, but I know that you've come from a pretty technical background before traditionally, you know, when you entered the working world and for many years you worked in a more technical job. Um, And my question that I feel like a lot of viewers might be interested in too is how in the past have you balanced working a very technical job with your creative side, because I know you have an amazing creative side and you do so many different things. Um, Just in the past few months, I've seen you work on songs and different businesses and you really have quite a range of talent. So that would be my question. That's a good question. Uh, And thank you. I appreciate that. I'm still learning a lot about all the creative things out there and especially social media and what it is to build graphics for social media having not been on there for about three years but yes I I did financial crime investigation for a long time Um, so pre that I I studied business I did accounting all of that thought I was going to be a chartered accountant that box was a little bit too small for me and too you know rigid I realized, and no offense to anyone out there. And uh, <laughs> and so I actually ended up doing life coaching and organizational psychology. And I think that's where I started realizing that I have a bit more of a niche for the softest side of things. And then I went back into financial crime investigation and I worked at KPMG, which was surrounded by auditors yet again. And it was it was a time that I actually really just focused on that. So I can't really say that I gave my creative spirit the freedom it needed. And I, I used to write poetry a lot. I kind of stopped doing that. And I only started doing that again when I was going through a really rough time in 2012. And a lot of that poetry that I started writing then, I've now started turning into songs. So I I can't say that there is a good balance (laughs) necessarily because maybe I didn't maintain that. But in the last few years, as I've kind of found myself again and learned that I really need that creative side of me, I've created space for that in my life. And so I'm a lot more better at saying like, no, I won't work these hours. You know, I'll rather work a decent balanced hour and then spend time creating because it fuels me. I have a bit of both. So I have to let myself play in both fields. So yeah. 
Yes, I think that's such a good segue into so many topics around <laughs> boundaries and filling your own cup and all these things that we're going to be talking about. And I, I think the reason that I asked it is that I think that's something that a lot of people might struggle with. I like to wrap really creative gifts and like things like that. Like, so I, I can appreciate being able to express your creative side when you're, I don't know if the word is technical, but you know, Mm -hmm. in a more structured job setting where you're not always kind of creating in a way. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I think people will find it very helpful. Thank you. And thanks for asking. And, you know, I think one thing that's as a creative um, is quite hard is, is financially, it's really hard to sustain yourself. So it's great when you do have a day job that funds your passion. So I I highly recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) What is your dream travel destination and why? Everywhere. Can I say everywhere? (laughs) Um, No, I really want to go to uh, Cappadocia and see the hot air balloons in Turkey. They have like all of the mountains and it's almost like canyons. And then they have hot air balloons that kind of go. And so like you look out and you see all of the mountains and stuff like that. And then you see like tons of hot air balloons and then you could do it at like sunset or sunrise. So you also see a sunset. Like I like that kind of stuff. I, um, I'm big on like the sunset sunrises and it's just so pretty. The pictures that I've seen is so pretty and they have a hotel that you can stay on where you just look out and you see all of that. Take me with you. Yeah, let's do that. Let's have the night. Let's have, let's have a Friday feel session in Bali. That would be awesome. I like those kind of things where, you know, you see the culture, you see the people, you work and you kind of live amongst people in their own countries that's really like inciting for me so enticing and exciting inciting exciting yeah i love that word (laughs) and it is you're right i mean i've I've kind of been privileged to experience having living through the home exchanges is a whole different way of moving in the world and um, it's it's been really cool to like live locally and experience people's homes and yeah it's it's been really, really nice to have that. Um, I, I do wonder where is home, but I think <laughs> it is. It's really nice to have that that option to be able to see the world in that way. I think my first travel experience was, let's say, like nineteen, and I went to India and I stayed for I think two and a half months, and I stayed with a host family there. And I volunteered at an orphanage teaching English, and I loved it. I mean, it was just so – I'd never traveled by myself before. But the food was so good. The people were so nice. And it was just such an amazing experience. And I think that really sparked something in me that I liked working in different places, not only like visiting as a tourist. But now that I have more things going on, I do see the value in just in also in both, right? And so, because uh, sometimes you go and visit a place, and all you're doing is working there, you don't actually get to see too much. You're you're just it's almost like office to office. So I think it's really the people, and you know, kind of forcing you to get outside of your comfort zone and appreciating their culture, right? It doesn't even have to be a different culture from yours, but it's still interesting because to see how they kind of move about in the world. Yeah, I love that. And I think just on that topic also, you know, I think looking into co-working spaces, looking at how we build community and something that you and I have been deep diving into and trying to understand, you know, how as working professionals and humans, are we building community as we travel? And, you know, do you, are you able to go to a place and find like a little hub that you feel at home, you know, even if you're on the move or even if you stay only for a little while? It's true. Trying to build community kind of when you travel. I mean, I don't know if it's true for everybody, but sometimes it's really helpful when somebody, I always tell people like certain countries, like you have to go with a local because you need to know like what there is to do off the tourist map. You know, you and I have been working on, on co-working spaces and, and how that helps build community, as you mentioned. And it's really interesting to talk to some of these co-working owners and what they set out to do versus, you know, what their place is now. And is it only for corporates to come in? Is it somewhere 
where you can do corporate retreats, you could do workshops, you could do different types of events. So it's really becoming quite popular to not only live in a place, live in different places, or while you're on vacation, you're not just sitting in the hotel room doing work. You can kind of visit different uh, working spaces and then they can then therefore recommend restaurants and then recommend what there is to do, take you out. You know, I think that is always my favorite part of traveling is when people are like, oh, did you try this place? And it's like some hole in the wall place. And you're like, this place is amazing. I can never get this again. (laughs) (laughs) Those hidden gems. Yeah. The last question I have, I think we got a little sidetracked there. I forgot I had one more, is uh, 10 years ago, if someone asked you, did you think this is where you, what you would be doing, where and what you'd be doing? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, 10 years ago. How old was I then? I shouldn't give away my age. Um, <laughs> 10 years ago, I... I probably was in this weird, I was just about to start my career in forensic investigation at KPMG. I was going to climb this corporate ladder. I thought I would be this super like corporate mom, you know, I would be that woman who gets it right (laughs) to be at every event and whatever else. And here I am completely (laughs) on a different path, you know, not married uh, anymore. And, um, and also yeah, just doing different things that I, I never thought I would do. And I, a lot of it is because of decisions that I've made along the way. And, and that a huge chunk of it is because of the last year, which included meeting you and starting this. So no, definitely a completely different vision, but a, a lot happier me. So happy for that. Yeah, I mean, you can ask me on the next <laughs> session what mine would have been. There's a lot of similarities in there. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, I guess it, my dad always says, you know, it's like when you press on the middle C and the piano and the guitar like resonates or other way around, you know, when you in a certain space in your life, you resonate with people and you find your tribe. And that's how we found each other, I guess, in this weird and wonderful journey of starting Friday feels. One question I actually did have for you very quickly, which adds to this is what would be the title of your book of your life if you had to write one today? <laughs> I would have liked to see these questions before. <laughs> disclaimer. I don't know. I, there is, there is, um, I don't know if you've ever read the poem, Desperata by Max Ehrman, but I actually have it like posted up on my wall and it's actually a really beautiful poem. We used to have it in our house when I was smaller and it's not that long, but at the end of it, it says, you know, be cheerful and strive to be happy. And I think there are so many things that, you know, it talks about like your occupation and making sure that you know, you do something that you love and it makes a big difference in the lives of others. It's almost like a very literal poem, which is the type of personality that I have. So I can read it and understand it. I don't have to like dig into it. But I think if I had to steal a name from somewhere, I think it's such a beautiful poem about anyone's life and the importance of kind of choosing your next step rather than kind of going along with what you think you should have been doing, you know, the life that you set up before you. So um, maybe something with that in the title would be a very beautiful way to have a, a life story in a book. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for asking me on a whim. But what would be the name of your book? <laughs> Are we out of questions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of questions. Okay. Um, I quickly, uh, I am actually busy writing a few books and I can share some more of it as it goes on. But the first one that I'm busy working on, which I guess that is kind of a a, t- a story about what, what my life has been and what I guess what I want to share with the world is it's called Hear Your Heart, Darling, For Life Will Find a Way. Those are kind of gems that came to me through a lot of the journeying in the last year. And yeah, it's it's going to be about really finding who you are and following your joy in that, you know, um, allowing yourself to be true to you, 
And oh, you're making me emotional. Okay, thinking about it. So, but um, yeah, I think that would be a good one. So yeah. Okay, so I would like to in the editing, I would like to change my answer to your answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Okay, but we're still living, right? So we've got lots of books to write, and uh, yeah. we get to share them with you, which is amazing. Well, I think that's a good segue into this month's topic, right, which is feels over fears. So, Nicole, maybe you can start and you can share with us. uh, Let's tell the audience a little bit about how we met and and how we got here. Well, Saj and I have only met each other in person twice. And um, even twice, twice, yes. And we we had the pleasure of working together at a company uh, for a very short-lived time. But thank goodness that happened. I had been there for quite a few years um, already, and I got transferred from the Cape Town office to lead the investigations team in the New York City office, Big Apple Dream. A whole two months of wonderful time in New York City life. (laughs) I remember kind of strutting down the streets with my bag, feeling like, oh, like I've made it in life. And then about two months later, I remember looking at everyone around me in New York City and kind of hustling and doing their thing. And I, I, I was thinking, like, must be really cool to also, like, come here and, like, make it on your own, you know, and a week later, I lost my job. And so I feel like I really manifested that it was happening. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I, what happened was we were working at, at the cryptocurrency exchange together. And for those of you who are into trading and into crypto and Bitcoin, you would have known that in January, February uh, this year, there was a, a tumultuous time of turmoil in the market. And the whole U.S. team regionally got cut off. Overnight, we woke up to a bit of a shock. Um, And, you know, I guess everything happens for a reason. We knew it was okay. We could move on. And, but we were feeling certain things. And we were, maybe we were feeling angry. Maybe we were feeling sad. Absolutely lost in a city. I wasn't quite sure where and how and why the universe had brought me to this place now without a job. And we started having conversations around, you know, just checking in with with each other. And I guess one conversation led to a next. We're always holding space for each other um, and kind of being part of embracing this new phase of trying to figure out what fun employment looks like and whether we always wanted to be in it in some shape, way or form. Holding space for each other, we realized was quite a rare thing that other people weren't experiencing and yeah, I guess we're lucky enough to have this with each other today. And Friday feels the name itself. Well, I met a very interesting gentleman, Piro, who is running a co-working space, Class & Co. in New York City with also awesome events space. So if you're ever keen to go have an event, it's called Love Story Events. Go check it out. And I wanted to do more life coaching, which which was a career I was doing before financial crime investigation. And I always kind of thought this is going to be my pension career. This is going to be my life one day. Uh, but it was a natural thing to do to earn some money. And I said to him, well, you know, can't I come and coach some of your co-working people? He said, but they don't know you, Nicole. Why don't you come host the happy hour? And so this idea of Friday Feels and the happy hour was born. And kudos to our um, very dear friend, Charles, who came up with the name Friday Feels. And hopefully we can have him on the podcast very soon. And that was kind of a little bit of the journey that, that we just thought we want to share happy hour. What does Friday mean? We should be feeling Friday every day. And there's a lot of emotion around Friday, around achievement, around how we structure our weeks and our wellness. And so it seemed like a, a natural fit for our conversations. Oh, I think you said it perfectly. <laughs> I had just started and I was really, really excited because mostly because the people, I mean, a lot of the people that I met on the U.S. team, I mean, it was a brand new team. 
It was in cryptocurrency where, you know, there really wasn't too much of a playbook. And I, I love those kind of positions I always have. And I was working with Rookie, who hopefully we'll have on the podcast too. And, you know, one thing I want to say about it is that I, I think your perspective is interesting because you had just come to New York after working, you know, in South Africa and, but all of my jobs have been in New York or remote. So for me, you know, the city is, I went to school in the city. So for me, it's like a home, but it's always where my jobs have been located. And I, you know, I think anyone who's been to New York, you know, there's, there's kind of an electric feeling of New York. When you get laid off, it's not super electric. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, it all happened at the same time. There really wasn't much notice. And so, you know, after working in startups for a while, I feel like that's something you kind of always look out for from my perspective. So it's not like you're completely off guard, but it is shocking, but it's not like it's something you've never experienced. For me, it was not something that I have like never experienced before. But I thought it was really interesting because I didn't have an agenda and I I had so many conversations going on with potential partners, people I vibed with, just some of the other initiatives that I work on. And and so there were so many conversations and and my natural inclination was to just stop. It was like, okay, well, you need to like stop and reassess and and see where you want to go. Well, obviously you still have bills to pay. So let's just find another job until you figure out what you want to do on the side or after that. And it was you and Rookie that really took the time, you know, out of some of the conversations that I had, I, I kind of kept going with some people. And it was really interesting because you both were like, well, I'm actually going to just take this time to stop and not jump right into another job. And I was like, okay, must be nice to not have to jump into another job. And then I thought to myself, well, how? How do I do what they're doing? Which is like, how do I make it feasible that if I were to stop, my bills are still getting paid? Like, what is it that I have to rearrange in my life? Instead of saying like, oh, that's great for you. It was more like, well, how were they able to do this? And not necessarily how were they able to do this, but like, how can I also do this? And forcing myself to think that way instead of, you know, my autopilot that kind of kicked in. And it was really life-changing for me to to think about it that way because we all kind of experience the same thing. While, while we all might be, you know, from different places and might have different things going on in our lives, different obligations, it was very interesting And I think it was the fact that you both said it that was like, okay, well, are more people doing this? Like, what is everybody else doing? That really forced me to try really hard to stop, but I'd still kept taking conversations that I felt like were going somewhere or, you know, made me feel better or hopeful or showed me different opportunities. And I think that made quite a bit of difference. It wasn't immediately apparent to me, but when I was thinking about our journey and how we met, you know, last week, I was thinking like, how did we get here? (laughs) Well, we've been working on this for quite a while and trying to figure out what it means and what are the topics we want to talk about. And that was probably one of those like tipping point moments where it was like, okay, well, if that never happened, then I don't think we'd probably be here. Like I could have just been like, I don't like, what do I have in common with someone who runs financial crime? You know, I think something that we're probably going to touch on in some of our episodes too is like, there's the resume you, and then there is the you, you, (laughs) like there's the you who goes home to your family. There's the you that, you know, exercises or does things for their own self-preservation and for self-care. And I think for me, it like the resume me probably wouldn't have been like if I was just focused on getting a new job. I mean, naturally, as someone who does partnerships and likes to network, like I tend to talk to a lot of people anyway. And I I know how I can like relate to people and stuff like that. But I probably wouldn't have had as many conversations. I would have been like, okay, well, this is what I'm looking for, Nicole. If you know anybody who does partnerships, you know, let me know. Otherwise, like talk to you. (laughs) 
But we didn't have those conversations. We had conversations that are very much like this one, which was, what are you up to this week? What, where are you? Because you were constantly traveling to so many cool places. What are you working on? And you were working on so many different initiatives. And I just think it's really important for people to realize that, you know, you're still you without your job. And you're still you whether or not you want to be or you acknowledge it. Like you're still going to naturally do the things that attract you right or or that you're attracted to or that you want to do especially when life kind of rattles you you kind of go back into default mode and so being aware of that and and kind of understanding that yeah it's fear of the unknown it's fear of what else am I going to do what else can I do what else are people going to pay me for there's so much more like beyond that few people mentioned to me when they asked me like what I was going to do because I kind of have like a type A side to me where it's just like, okay, you need, you need to like, know. I was like, well, I'm just, uh, taking some time, but I was still working on stuff. I just wasn't sure which one I wanted to work on. And I wasn't like super passionate. I was just kind of going along the motions and a few people were like wow I'm really happy you're doing that you know a lot of people don't do that good for you and I was like it doesn't feel good for me (laughs) (laughs) it's not naturally what I want to do but I'm trying to purposely kind of you know not do things and see what comes to me and it was very hard for me to say that as Mm -hmm. someone who always kind of has been almost like trained um, from a business background to have an agenda, to know what you're going to talk about, to make sure you get your deliverables, to make sure you know, you know, what the outcomes are or what you're hoping to get. And while there's definitely room for that, I think a lot of people don't talk about the open-ended conversations that you can have with people. And sometimes they're the best ones, right? They're not just about your partnership or XYZ. It's about, you know, some cool place to eat or what they did that was cool in this town and, or like other things that they're working on. I think a lot of people don't share, you know, all the things they're working on. And you, mm-hmm. sometimes you just never know. So sometimes it is good to kind of just check in and tell people. I'm a big fan of that, just like telling people what you're doing. And, and I've become a better fan of, telling people you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) You don't know what the next step is. I think we are, as humans, so geared to need to always have an answer for everything. And, you know, I can totally resonate with that because as much as I seem like I am very free-spirited and creative in my own being, but I've always been a driven achiever and type A kind of predominantly trained to be type a in my life as well you know and so having like a dad who always goes like it's about progress you know like what's the progress what's happening how are you solving these problems <laughs> you know are you applying for jobs and it's like uh i just i'm not feeling it and you know so i totally understand what you're saying and i think taking that space for yourself is so brave and it's it's always to be celebrated being a working professional and whether that is in a space of entrepreneurship or your own creativity is so to be celebrated. And I've often been thinking about like how creatives, especially in artists, need to do that. Because, you know, back in the day when people would kind of sit in the tree and do philosophy and figure out how apples fall and gravity works, you know, there was this space to figure things out. There was this space for being for being a working professional under the tree. And we don't really give ourselves the space to be in the flow anymore. And I think that's where the gems are. But it's hard to get there. It's hard because you have all these expectations of yourself and society expects things of you. And, you know, you you think that there are these things that you need and to do or should do. So I think it's really brave. Uh, that that you decided to take the time exactly like those people were saying. So thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah. And thank you for recommending it. Right. And also leading by example. Right. And so just seeing you guys kind of doing that, too. And it was like, okay, well, if you're not looking, you know, for a job, what are you doing? And then sharing what that was. It it's almost like uh <laughs> When they talk about, you know, you need to have more women in power because you need more role models to look up to. And I mean, that's very loaded <laughs> statement. Um, but it does it it says something, right? When you see people actually doing what they're telling you to do or what they're recommending to you and you see how they're navigating, it it does bring a different perspective because otherwise you're just kind of imagining or you're kind of Googling like, okay, well you know, what am I supposed to do when I don't have a job? Is it look up? Is it, you know, usually it's, oh, like, look inward, see what you like, see how you can make that into something that can support you, which that's pretty practical advice, but it's all the other things, like all the other feelings that kind of come up. And I think that's a good probably segue into, you know, some of the questions that we wanted to explore with feels over fears. And so, you know, having specific examples of when we chose to to choose feels over fears. Do you do you have one? I do. I actually have a couple when I was thinking about this topic. And I, I do feel like the last year has probably been the biggest moment of doing that. And I do feel like the universe knew that it needed to throw me into it. And I have no choice. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like the universe was really like, okay, great, you're going to go to America and then we're going to just turn, take this thing away from you. And whatever fear you have in whatever shape, way or form, you're going to have to feel through it if you want to stay here. And I hadn't taken a gap year after school like I always thought I would have. And I, I felt like it was my time for me to go on adventure. And I really had to step into feeling what that looked like for me. So I took a little bit of time off and to try to figure that out. And I was so scared of spending money. I was so scared of, because, you know, in my head, I'm still somehow converting after only being two months in the USA. You're still very much converting in your mind. And unfortunately, the South African rand is like 20 to the dollar. So a cup of coffee is really expensive. <laughs> and so in my mind, I was so scared of spending money but I wanted adventure. I had come all the way. I packed up my whole life, sold my car that I loved dearly. I made that dealership promise to like sell it to someone great, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I made this big step. And so in order to experience life, in order to find my way, I had to get past that fear and go like, well, I don't, there will be enough. There will always be abundance if I am following my joy. You know, I've always kind of grown up with faith, um, not particularly a religious person so much anymore, but I've always, and, and this is very much true to my parents, you know, kudos to them. They're very big manifestors in life. You know, just keep following your joy, do what feels good, go for what you want. Universe will conspire and help you and support you and lift you through that. And I'd never really done it like this in my life. And so taking that step, getting onto a train in New York City and taking a train all the way to LA. <laughs> a wonderful experience. Amtrak's got it down. It, it started a whole new chapter of that. So I'm definitely a lot more practiced in feeling in order to get through the fear. But I think fear is such a, it's such an interesting human emotion. And I've always had kind of felt like it's a negative thing, but I think it's really important for us to embrace it because it really is that kind of gateway to growth and one thing I will add to that is something that I remember feeling and I actually remember reading Rachel McAdams the actress they did an article on her in one magazine and she had also said that she was so scared of telling her parents she wanted to be an actress that she went she told them and she went and hid under the bed and I, that stuck with me for such a long time because I guess as someone who was very trained to be a certain way and now having to acknowledge to myself and then to the world that I wanted to do certain things, be it acting, be it creativity, not knowing how to do those things necessarily, feeling huge imposter syndrome. 
it was hard to break through that because I felt I would be judged. But the one beautiful thing, and maybe this is why the universe took me to America, is that the United States has a way of supporting dreams. There is really that American dream feeling there. And I felt that it's it's like, well, if I want to do this, which is very much my personality, you know me, I I want to do that. Then I will start building that in some shape, way or form. And there I felt like whatever I said I wanted to do, people were like, well, that's amazing. How can we help you? That really helped me kind of get through that fear of speaking it. That I have a feeling I want to do something and that it's part of my joy. Um, so, yeah, that was a long tangent. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's probably the most recent. I can dig up a few older ones, but maybe we'll keep that for another time. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's so true, right? You know, I've been planting these seeds since before I even got laid off um, with people, just, you know, things that I was interested in. And I don't know, for some reason, I've kind of always been doing things on the side, but I've never really tried to do too much on my own. And so I've tried like here and there and I thought I was interested, but then I would kind of like lose steam. I think for me, you know, it was really interesting when I was planting seeds in like different areas, like, okay, if this feels good, I'm going to keep going. I'll take the next meeting. I'll, you know, put the proposal together. I'll see where it goes. And a few months ago, it kind of hit to a point where all of these things started blossoming. And I was actually feeling very uncomfortable (laughs) because I really didn't know how to handle it. And I had to sit with myself for a little bit and be like, these are things you want to do. This is not, you're not doing it because your job tells you you have to do it. And and it, it's almost like, I feel like sometimes um, you think, oh, well, when you're doing things that you really want to do, you're not going to feel fearful. You're not going to feel uncomfortable because this is what you really want to do. So you're going to like feel good about it. And that is not how I felt. And, you know, they, they talk about that a lot in entrepreneurship where it's like, you will learn a whole bunch of stuff that you never thought you would have to learn. And I think a few months ago, I was talking uh, to my boyfriend. I was like, I guess I just must be growing like a tree at this point because I just feel so uncomfortable all the time. Like, I couldn't identify what it was, but it was it, it almost like it wasn't stress, but it was stressful in a way but you're kind of happy to do it. And there's no playbook. And I feel like every time there's no playbook, I've had a job where I build the playbook, but I'm getting paid to figure it out. I'm not like, you know, just figuring it out. And yeah, so I I think that's something that I didn't know about the journey of putting things into existence. I really thought that if it's things that I really wanted to do, it would just, I would be okay with it, you know? And it's like, yeah, you're okay with some aspects, but it's just like some anything else that's new. And you reach a point where in your career where you're like, okay, well, at this point, like I do have some knowledge of how to navigate certain situations. And so when I'm asked to speak on things, I still feel nervous. And I really had to like sit with myself and be like, this is something that you want to do. This is something that you think is important. And like your feelings about it, like it was just very mind blowing to me because it's like now when you find something that you're passionate about, you think, oh, well, I'm not going to be nervous. Like it's going to be fine because, you know, this is what I really want to do. And this is something I know about. I find myself Googling tricks or how to remind yourself of like, where you belong and why you belong and why it's important and just things to like kind of calm down that kind of imposter syndrome. We're talking about, you know, feeling all the feelings over fear. You know, there are certain people that I listen to on podcasts or just like on their Instagram or their stories. And I really like impact theories, Lisa, Bill you and and she talks about how she gets stressed 
in the morning when she has to do a podcast and she always wears like soup wonder woman outfits. Like she does like wonder woman. She has wonder woman shirt. She has like a wonder woman, I think um, necklace and she likes to wear like black and leather and pink and stuff like that. And she had a post on it. Um, and she has a book called radical Con- confidence where she talks about that, which is like, getting yourself ready. Like you're putting things in place for yourself so that when your emotions come up, you already 60% of it, you've already kind of set yourself up for success. Is there anything that you do that you feel like helps ground you? I think the most effective trick that I've tried is I, I really believe that your energy, your energy bubble that you have around you, you know, like this aura you have all these different energy fields. And so there's like kind of this physical body, which you see, but around you, you have these beautiful fields of energy that things go and get stuck in. And a lot of these emotions that you feel that are here, you know, they're kind of in this bubble. And this is at least how I like to perceive them because I can go in there and I can feel around and I can see what is this thing, you know, I'll kind of observe myself and then go back to a safe space within me and so what I've tried to do when I feel a bit anxious or I and I can't quite place it there's always kind of some rude reason and I I do tend to stand in the shower for a very very long time I do feel sorry for the people's places that I've been in because clearly their water bill has gone up when I've been there but (laughs) it's the place I feel very much kind of cleanses and allows me to think clearly and what I tend to do is sometimes outside of the shower I will kind of stand and then physically push my energy field kind of away from me you know it's like I take my hands and I wherever I feel that there's something stuck I will push the energy out and I will just send kind of golden energy to those spots you know and remind myself that I'm human and it's okay it's okay to feel these things because if I don't feel these fears then what on earth am I doing here but you know <laughs> then I might as well be a robot and so I guess celebrating those moments and my dog Gracie gets to experience a lot of this if she ever had to speak I think a lot of stories would come out <laughs> but I chat to her you know and if I have to cry I cry it out and and whatever it is but allowing that space for you and I know it's not always easy I'm traveling by myself it's easier for me and my dog to kind of share that space. Sometimes when you're in a relationship, you might not want to be vulnerable. But creating that space for yourself, and I find a bathroom is a wonderful place for that. Often with my coaching clients, I do something which we call mirror moments as well, which is really facing yourself in the mirror in the morning. Like you say, getting dressed up and what you tell yourself and how you look yourself in the eye and what your eyes say back to you is really, really telling of where, you, where you're at. And you can change that, you know. And it's also one way that I really got myself out of very toxic situations in my life was starting mirror moments in the mornings and creating a habit of a, a, a feedback loop that is positive, that, in, that supports me in myself, you know. And, um, so, yeah, that's kind of a few things that I, that I try. And then walking, walking. <laughs> yeah, those are those are also really good. It's, I've heard that before. So, like, I've had different like holistic practitioners or people who are do kind of like massage and reiki and stuff. They talk about that, which is like, you know, stress is something that I've always struggled with. I'm always like stressed I can't like if I go to these doctors they know that about me they'll be like oh did you go here I'm like yeah I went here I did this and you know I spoke on this panel or I've been working on a project here and you know people notice and they're like wow you know you sound really happy when you're talking about that did you get some time to relax and I'm like do you know who you're talking to like why would you ask me that (laughs) um even though even though I mean I do I try I actively try But I think also doing things helps me relax too, right? It's because like I feel like I'm being productive or I just – I want to see and I want to do more stuff. So my body's like, no. And so there's definitely been times in my life where it's been super stressful and 
I really appreciate their perspective, right? Because it's different than mine. Mm-hmm. And there's one woman who I, I have to send this to. She'll probably be really excited that I'm doing this. Adina, who does um, great massages and like all different kinds of um, body work. And she used to say like when she would lie down on the table, she would say like, imagine a beam of light coming from the top of your head all the way down to your feet and like just washing away like your stresses. And, you know, I think people might listen to this and they might be like, all right, you guys are like on a different (laughs) wavelength. But I think that sometimes that's what you're willing to be more open when you yourself can't really process what's going on or you yourself don't don't have a better idea of how to get through the situation or how to control, you know, whether it's uh, stress flare-ups or it's, you know, things physically going on in your body. I've definitely changed my mind about like how beneficial it is to talk to people who have different perspectives in terms of who learn about like muscle testing and like you're talking about like traumas held in the body and all those other things. And I like learning about it. It's different for me just to kind of share with anyone else who's listening that helps is is definitely like doing some of those self-care rituals, right? And like reading the affirmations and doing the meditations and then eating the ice cream, like whatever it is that kind of makes you happy and you go and do it. I would definitely encourage people to try and see what works for you, right? Same thing with exercise when they tell you, mm-hmm. well, if you don't like exercising, like going on the treadmill, find something you do like. Is it walking? Is it yoga? Is it playing a sport? I think it's the same thing for stress and and feelings, right? Like find something that you do like that mm-hmm. you don't your body isn't like resisting it or your mind isn't saying like okay, well, that sounds kind of like foo-foo business. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also, you know, your body knows what it needs. I'm very much I haven't really been to the doctor for like 3 years now, you know, because your body will tell you what it needs. You just need to be listening. And one thing I know that really helps me a lot as well is, you know, being silly and having fun is just so underrated out there. And one of the most beautiful things you can do is dance. Um, I know it's my my thing. Dancing is my therapy in a way, but it, it's something that's free. You can put the headphones on at home, you know, or put the speakers on you, whatever your neighbor's situation is, and <laughs> and dance. <laughs> and like we all have that song. We all have that song that helps you cry. We all have that song that helps you like get it out there. It's such a beautiful expression of being human, like moving these weird little limbs and things that we have, you know, when you think of your body and dancing helps you feel those those aspects of yourself or whatever that might be look like for you for me it is dancing and so just being silly and having fun and laughing out loud is something that we all should be doing more of i think it's really important that we explore you know, all those different options. And that's what we're here for. We're here to kind of talk about all the things that, you know, as an individual, as a working professional that may or may not be working from home, that may or may not have moved to a different state or country or in a different industry or is struggling with, you know, making that move over to entrepreneurship or back from entrepreneurship into a job. You know, we're here. We're here to ha- to talk about it to share, to feel like you do have a community that when you go and work and live in other areas that you can share with and that you can learn from and and also have resources for you to do so. Definitely. And I'm quite curious, you know, maybe we can put this question out there. We, we're talking about things like yoga and things that are happening often outside of the workplace. But when you're at work and you're around people, and you're feeling certain things, what are people doing? What are the ways and means that working professionals, you guys out there, are expressing the feelings? Or are they being bottled up and kind of hidden into the cupboard <laughs> at the bottom? You know, hopefully that's not happening. But yeah, how, how do we change the, the landscape so people can express but still be professional? I mean, I know it's, it's a difficult one. 
And we're happy to hear from everyone listening too. You know, feel free to tag us if you're running into these scenarios at work and or you have any content that you would like to or comments, I would say, that you have around some of these topics. And of course, we'll be back and we'll be Friday feeling it out with our theme of the month, which is drum roll (laughs) from distraction to attraction. And for our first week of exploring this, we want to know what actually is distracting you. So more importantly, when you think of what is distracting you, what do you feel this is telling you about who you are and where you are in your life? We're definitely here to help people celebrate their authentic selves. So we're We're really excited to share some of our journey with you and things that have helped us, but we also want to hear from you guys. You know, what else would you like to hear and what other advice do you have for the rest of the community? Until then, you know, check out and chat to us on Instagram at These Friday Feels and on LinkedIn. And if you want to work with us or just get in touch via our website is friday-feels.co. Or you can email us at hello at friday-feels.co. And we wish you safe travels into your bed, into the night, and into this awesome weekend. See you next week. Keep it real.